Hello, and welcome back to the Resiliency Ninja podcast for Facha Fridays. And if you are brand new to the podcast or the video cast, I, the Facha is the sound that a Resiliency Ninja makes as it swats problems out of the way and yet looks so cool, calm, collected on the outside because that's what we're expected to do every day. And I don't know if there's ever a time when we can feel really insecure on the out inside and have to perform on the outside as when we engage in small talk. And I mentioned this very quickly that I would do a video and um, an audio on small talk in the last episode and you're holding me to account. <laughs> I have had uh, people comment to say, hey, don't forget you said you'd do something on small talk. And I've been teaching this topic for uh, since 2006, when I first started my business, Elevate Biz, and I would teach people how to connect and, and get connected in, in business from a networking perspective. And a lot of times, a big bulk of our connecting time is spent doing small talk. And it's not as easy as people expect it to be, especially if it's not something that you're really confident with. You can, it can put a lot of pressure on it. And what we were talking about in the last podcast was that uh, one of our listeners had shared with me that she was feeling that when she went somewhere socially or uh, with her husband, that she had a lot of confidence having conversation with whoever was in the room. And when she went for business or for her career advancement, that's when she, she felt a lot of extra pressure. I hope that this conversation that you're listening to now is going to relieve some of that pressure for you so that you can confidently engage in small talk. If you don't figure this out, at some point, you're going to lose opportunities. You're gonna lose opportunities to connect with people. You are going to lose business opportunities, perhaps career opportunities. It really is a skill that you want to invest some time in figuring out. And sometimes, you know, we're just expected to know how to do this. And we default to the people who are really good at it and then wonder why we struggle with it. Now, I have to let you in on a secret. I hate small talk <laughs> I, I, because generally small talk is very superficial and I'm going to talk with you about taking responsibility for deepening the superficial small talk because that's where the magic happens. But first, let's get through some of these tips. I have about five, maybe six that I'm going to share with you that I hope will really help you uh, elevate your small talk game so that you can connect with prospects, other leaders, influencers, and uh, just really let go of any stress that you have around this particular topic. So the first thing you want to consider is, am I in the mode of selling or am I supposed to be connecting? Networking events and mingling are really about finding the people whom you connect enough that you want to connect again. It's not about closing the deal. And one of the places that I see, uh, you know, especially business owners or salespeople go off the rails is that they jump too quickly into the sales conversation without having the connection first. And then I see it reversed when they're in a, a formal sales meeting where, where they'll spend so much time connecting and never get to the point. And especially if you're 
communicating with a driver, somebody who really wants to get to the point quickly, that can actually lose you the sale. So first thing I want you to consider is what is my objective here? Am I looking to find friends? Am I looking to find clients? Am I just looking for general profile raising and connection with people? What is it that you're trying to achieve as you're engaging in small talk? And it's not so much that it will change how you engage in small talk, but it might change some of, of the, the key transitions that we won't get to talk to you about now. But if you wanted to find that information, you could find it in my book, From Business Cards to Business Relationships, Personal Branding and Profitable Networking Made Easy. And it is still up online. It's still got some great evergreen content in it, even though uh, Wiley, who published it, my publisher, I, it was years ago that we did it, but the book is still valuable today. So there's more about that in there. The second thing I want you to do when you're thinking about small talk is I want you to ignore and completely forget the advice that you were likely given at some point during your career that small talk should be all about them. We're taught to ask questions, ask and get them to open up, tell us a story, but here's the problem. If you do that, if you just keep asking questions about other people and you don't balance the conversation with con contributing content yourself, you'll lose trust. There's a, a trust barrier that's created when it's all about them. The second thing is it makes it look like you're not equals. Because when you're talking with your best friend, the, the conversation should be at least fairly balanced. A little bit from you, a little bit from him or her, and you just kind of keep going through, uh, you know, back and forth like a tennis game, two people equally enthused. When we make a conversation all about them, what we end up doing is we throw off the balance of that small talk and we lose the opportunity for authentic connection. So I want you to forget that advice. And anytime somebody, a speaker or an author or somebody says, you know, make it all about them, ask some questions. I want you to like put up your like earplugs in, cover your ears, don't listen, ignore it. Because it sucks. Here's the thing. If you've ever been in a conversation where somebody's always trying to make it about you, it can get very, very uncomfortable. And it can feel like an interrogation. Well, we don't want to achieve that. We want to achieve connection. And even if we want to achieve a sale, we still need to make it a conversation. And we want to be sure that we're not putting up any barriers to creating a trusting relationship because we know that early stage is the first time that you have to create a, a trust, a trust element. And actually that reminds me, I'm going to do another video or podcast about creating trust because there are four places where you can really shine in the trust department and this initial conversation is one of them. So we want to make it very balanced. And if you can forgive the rhyming here, <laughs> because it's a little bit tacky, but I still say it even with the warning, a really good conversation is not all about you and it's not all about me. It's about finding the we. So a little tacky and I always warn my audiences <laughs> before I do that because I don't like you know, that kind of tackiness, but not about you. 
not about me. It's about finding the we. Yay. So that's the first thing. It takes the pressure off of you a little bit. The next thing I want you to do is to consider what makes you tick. When you've been in really good conversations, what has been the topic? What has made you so enthusiastic that you get lost in conversation and you don't even have to think about it? It just becomes a, you know, a natural back and forth. If you can find your five favorite topics, you can have a conversation with anybody and know that if there's a lull in the conversation or you haven't found that true authentic connection yet, you can go back in your mind and you can go, how can I pull up one of these topics? How can I shift the conversation so that we're engaging in one of these favorite topics that I already have? So for me, I love to talk about travel. Of course, it's an easy subject. I love to talk about my dog. <laughs> People love dogs. Great. Uh, what else do I love to talk about? Uh, connections. How do people know each other? What's their connection to an event? How did they end up at a conference? I love to hear what makes other people tick. So why are you passionate about what it is that you do? I um, love to, I used to love to talk about politics. I don't anymore. And so here's the thing. People are going to say, don't talk about politics, religion, or sex. And what's the truth? What defines us as human beings? Politics, religion, and sex. <laughs> so those are like values-driven things. So when we fear that and we choose not to include those topics in an appropriate way into our repertoire of conversation, then what happens is we end up losing a chance to authentically connect at a really, really deep values-based level. Now, here's the caveat to this. If you can't talk about politics or religion in a way that is not offensive to other people or that is going to get you really worked up and angry, then you need to keep those off your topics list. So for me, the reason I say I don't like politics anymore is because I just, I realize all of a sudden as I get older, I just get more and more annoyed. <laughs> I like, it just, it annoys me. People uh, varying opinions, not that I have to be right, but stupidity and all of that. Like I just, I can't handle it. So I no longer talk about politics if I can help it. Anyhow, find your topics. What do you love to talk about? Find those and then we can, when you're having a conversation, knowing what those five topics are, you can pull them out ask a question, hey, are you getting away this year? Or, you know, what, what else could you say? Hey, what's your connection to the event? If you love talking about how people are interconnected, then that should lead to a really cool conversation for you. And perhaps finding some common ground on connections that you already have in common. So that, that is uh, the next step. The next thing I want you to do, so that's three things so far. What's your objective for the conversation? Ignore the cliche that you want to make it all about them and then still try to, instead try to find the we. Find your topics that make you tick. And the way you can do that is just take note of how you're having really great conversations that tend to fly by. 
what are you talking to your friends about? What are you talking about with, you know, your coworkers? Uh, you know, all of that works. Then once you have your topics, I'd love you to create a few opening lines that really work for you and perhaps will take you down a path to get you to topics that you already enjoy. For example, if you know that the average person talks about the weather, then what can you do to deepen that dialogue? So if somebody says to me, oh, it's so hot outside, I won't say, yeah, it is. Oh my goodness, it hit 100. I'll say, oh, you know what? It really is hot and it's tough on my dog because like, when we go for a walk, he just likes to sit under a tree and I have to carry him home. He's so stubborn. Oh, you have a dog. And then it, it creates this back and forth. Now, not always do they care that I have a dog. Quite frankly, not everybody's a dog person. Some people like cats and that's okay. Uh, I love cats too. But figure out what kind of lines can you use to transition a boring conversation into something that's deeper. I, let's say, oh, it's so cold outside. And I might say something like, oh, I love it. I can't wait till the snow gets on the ground so I can go skiing. There's just so many different things that you can do. But find your topics. Then you can find the lines that will open up the topics. If you get caught in boring conversations, then you need to take responsibility for deepening them. And so often we just assume that conversations should be exciting and should be good. And if they aren't, then we're like, oh, well, we just don't connect with that person. And then we walk on. We need to take responsibility for it. Get engaged. You know, if you need to just do, like if you're having a really bad day, leave that outside the room. Don't bring that in to the conversation. Find your grounding move that I often will talk about with my coaching clients. What will bring you back to a, um, a sense of feeling empowered and feeling confident and, and all of that? So one of the things I use is the facha because it reminds me that whatever challenge I'm facing in that moment, I can still be joyful. I can still operate from a place of kindness. I can still be confident. Those may not be the natural instinct in that moment, but by doing the fcha, I, I bring myself back. And that, that is a real key for me. I used to use a phrase called, that's right. <laughs> so I still use it sometimes a friend of mine and I like you know when we had to like feel empowered it's like I got this yep that's right and so we had these different things that can can bring you back to confidence and so if you're finding that not only are you having superficial uninteresting conversations but that you don't feel like having a better conversation then you need to excuse yourself from the room Go outside, go to the loo, go somewhere that you can, you know, do your superstar pose or your Wonder Woman pose or your Superman pose, whatever, whatever pose you want to do that's going to ground you back to making you feel confident and engaged and focused on the person in front of you. Which brings me to my last point to really supercharge your conversation, your small talk so that it's engaging is you need to become a master at listening. 
listening to what the person is saying, not trying to imagine in your mind what you're going to say next to make you sound interesting because that's not how you have a great conversation. We want to listen and focus on what the person is saying so that you can have a natural, authentic conversation and response that will lead the conversation in a way that feels very natural. And we can't do that if we're half listening or someone's looking over your, your shoulder to see who's more important coming up the, uh, behind you at a networking event. So there you have it. How do you supercharge your small talk? Well, the first thing you want to do is figure out why you want to have small talk. What's the goal of this moment? Next thing you want to do is ignore the cliche. It's all about them. Find your five favorite topics, and they can be anything that make you tick. Could be movies, it could be current affairs and business and uh, connections and politics if you love that. Your favorite opening line, so you always feel like here's a few things I can pull out if, of my hat if I'm feeling nervous or insecure or anything like that. And we'll talk about being nervous and insecure and how to overcome that in another episode. And of course, the key is to listen. And then the bonus tip that I put in there is that if you're having bonus, uh, boring conversations, you need to take responsibility for deepening them and getting out of the superficial. My experience has been that when I can go very deep with someone very quickly, it creates a stronger connection so that we can feel like we were in each other's lives, even though we've only met for two, three, four, five minutes. And you can make a really solid connection in that short amount of time that's very meaningful and will lead to an automatic follow-up after the event. Hope that helps. If you love this or you know somebody who needs to uh, hear this message, please subscribe, write a review, which is different than, than giving a five-star review, which I will also appreciate but share it with them. Put it on your social media feeds. Just push share. There's so many different ways to do it. I would love for you to help me share the Resiliency Ninja message. Thanks for tuning in. I can't wait to uh, chat with you in the next episode. And if you haven't heard the other ones, because we're, we're well into the podcast now, uh, please go back and uh, have a listen because there's lots of great content there. Thanks to all of you who are reaching out to me, sending me emails and notes. Uh, you can always find me at r-ninja.com. Thanks very much. Have a great day. And I will talk to you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.